Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Guys, Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer Global Movement, headquartered in Fort Lauderdale. Come on out and see us. We've got healing rooms, prophecy rooms, house of prayer, of course, two church services on Sundays, and a whole lot more. People from the nations are coming every week, literally, to Awakening House of Prayer. I'm the founder of the Ignite Apostolic Prophetic Network and the newly launched Global Prophetic Alliance. I want you to, to get settled in. I want you to begin to share this with all your friends and invite your followers because we're going to dive into this topic, which so many of you, based on your feedback, want to talk more about. And it's the difference between the office of the prophet and the gift of prophecy. And although the prophetic movement has been around for you know 40 plus years, we still don't have clarity among many about what it is and how it differs. There's a lot of broadcasts we've done regarding how to know if you're a prophet, and some of those answers will be the same, but there is a distinction between these gifts. And I've brought onto the broadcast today uh, a dear friend and a true prophet, someone with whom I agree uh, on these topics. We've discussed these things. We've talked about these things. I think we communicated a little bit differently, which is why it's helpful to have both of us on here so that you can hear two different angles, two different perspectives. We're basically saying the same thing in different ways. And you're going to receive some revelation today that's going to help you. Now, why is this important? Because we're seeing abuses of the gift and we're not seeing prophets truly rise up into the fullness of their calling as a five-fold minister. So you've got prophets running around who are 
you know, operating mostly just the gift of prophecy. And then you've got people who, who are prophetic believers who are trying to operate like a prophet when they don't have the grace to do it. And so we've got to reconcile these things. We're now in the second wave of the prophetic that Bill Hammond prophesied a couple of years ago, you know, and we're seeing second wave prophets rise. So what do we do? How do we respond? How do we get this straightened out? It's by talking, by teaching, by training, and by having these discussions. So I'm going to bring Ryan Johnson on uh, the screen now, and uh, he is uh, going to introduce himself and say hello. Well, first of all, thank you, Jennifer, for allowing me to be a part of your broadcast. This is something that, you know, you and I have discussed multiple times throughout the years. And it's interesting because we're still in this issue, you know, and this this controversy at times, it seems and everything. But so to be able to have the time and be with you is truly an honor for me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with me. So let's dive into this. You know, the office of the prophet, clearly different than the gift of prophecy. Obviously, for starters, the office is what is mentioned in Ephesians 4. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. The saints are the ones who are equipped by the prophets, not to say that prophets don't equip other prophets because they do, but that the prophet's primary function is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The saints are then supposed to be equipped to, to minister out of that, you know, First Corinthians paradigm of edification, exhortation, comfort. So talk to me more about that, you know, break that down. Let's start with, with uh, the gift of prophecy. What are the bounds? What does it look like? You know, and, and can a believer stray from those bounds or can they only prophesy in those bounds? Well, we have to look at the scripture. We go to 1 Corinthians 14, and we see where Paul's talking about prophecy being a superior gift and what that looks like and how that functions. And we get specifically where he says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 3, one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation is the New American Standard Version. King James, New King James is comfort, edification, exhortation, and comfort. And those are the three things that... Everyone, uh, they look towards, they look for, they, they, they need this in their lives. And I, I want to reiterate the importance of the gift of prophecy because we need that edification. We need that exhortation. We need that comfort or the consolation in each other's lives. But when you study 1 Corinthians 14, there is a very common theme that we see in which what Paul was writing to the letters, the, the letter there, the Church of Corinth. And we have this tendency in times past because he gets to talking about speaking in tongues as well and the diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And then he gets into understanding about the different sounding of the sounds of the trumpets. And, you know, how do you know if you don't understand this sound, what will you be able to do to advance? And if you don't understand when to retreat and so on and so forth. And times past, we've looked at that scripture and we have attributed the sounds and the distinction of sounds strictly to tongues and the interpretations of tongues. And that's why a lot of times you'll hear people battle about, you know, if tongues is spoke, you know, there must be an interpretation. We have to have that. And we attribute that sound. But actually, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, what the, the main theme that Paul is concentrating on is the separation of the gift and the function of the prophet. Then he also includes the gift of tongues in, in this process. And he's trying to give you an understanding that if you don't understand the gift 
and separation of the function and the identity of a prophet, you won't know whether to advance or retreat. You'll have clanging symbols. Now, we've is he talking about tongues in general? No, he is talking and addressing tongues and knowing that we have to have an understanding. We have to be able to know what is being said sometimes. But there's tongues that is a prayer language that we have. We have no knowledge of what we're saying. The spirit prays as he wills. But in this process, he's also talking about the distinction of the gift and the person of a prophet. Now, here's what I mean, because when you look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, you see prophesize, and it is with an S, P-R-O-P-H-E-S-I-E-S. A little bit later in verse 6, you get, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? Now, what's interesting about that is he doesn't use the word prophecy with an S-Y. He uses the word with a C-Y. Some translations will have this in the English. They will have the S-Y and the C-Y. And a lot of times they don't. Some translations are strictly S-Y. But there is a distinction in this. And here's the reason why. S-Y, that is attributed to the gift of prophecy. That word in the Greek is prophet and then E-I-A. So it's proficia, prophet, E-I-A, proficia. And it, it literally means prophesying um, in, in the gift and activation of that. But the word C-Y, prophecy with a C-Y, is spelled in a different Greek word. It is prophet, E. U O. So it is propitio, and it means for to, to foretell events, speak under inspiration, and exercise the office. So you have this distinction already that Paul is separating the two functions of the gift and the identity of the prophet. And he's including tongues in this and the diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues, and he's all attributing it to this sound. This this clanging, you know, if you don't know whether this sound is this or this is that. Now, the reason we have to pay attention to this is because of that box that is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy must work with edification, exhortation and comfort. It cannot go outside of that realm. A lot of people believe because they operate in the gift of prophecy, they have the ability to rebuke. They have the ability to um, you know, correct in, in a prophetic manner and stuff because they operate in that gift. But it is a violation of that gift. It is if you have someone who's strictly operating in the gift of prophecy and they're going around rebuking everybody, they are illegally doing what they're doing to the gift of prophecy itself because the gift has to withhold itself within those three areas of edification, exhortation, and comfort. So there's a distinct sound that the gift of prophecy will release, whereas there's a, a distinct sound in which a prophet will release. The problem that we have in our day and time, we have become so drawn to the gift of prophecy, and I'm not faulting it. I agree with Paul wholeheartedly that we need it in the body of Christ. It is something that we we desperately need in our day and time. When you look at the government, you look at the world and, and, and despair, we need edifying. We need comfort. You know, we need these things. 
However, when you are drawn to that gift so much, you will, whether you recognize or not a lot of times, you will have this tendency to reject what does not appear to sound edifying, comforting, or exhorting in that manner. So the minute a prophet, an authentic prophet comes in and they have to bring clarification in the midst of turmoil or whatever the case may be, and the words they begin to speak may have correction to it. You know, they have to tear down in order to build back up. The minute they start speaking these things, we have a tendency in the body of Christ to reject them. We reject the sound of the prophet because it sounds judgmental. It sounds like you're judging me. It sounds like you're uh, condemning me. When the reality of it is what the prophet is having to do sounds totally different than the gift. Now, here's the here's the thing that we have to remember. Even though a prophet will tear down some certain things, there is a building back process. So if we don't reject the prophet to begin with and we listen and adhere to what a prophet is saying, we will also catch that a prophet will have within that word edification, exhortation and comfort because a prophet is not contained to the gift of prophecy, but a prophet will incorporate the gift of prophecy in it because of the nature of the heart of the father. But this is something that is happening because and, and, and I'm not faulting. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I'm not faulting other ministries, but we kind of get on this spiritual high when it comes to the gift of prophecy. We love to go out and, and prophesy to people that are lost, that are broken down, that are, you know, um, maybe an addict of some sort, whatever the case may be. And we love to, to prophesy to those people because when a person is lost and you come into a room and prophesy to them, they really receive it because they were looking for something in their life and you gave that to them. Then in that process, it kind of becomes a spiritual high to you and you draw off of that and you begin to say, oh my goodness, I like the way I feel in this process. Here's the problem though. When you look at 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible is very clear in what Paul said. Paul said the gift of prophecy should be functioning for the body of Christ. Now, I am no way in saying that you cannot prophesy to someone who is lost, who is broken in despair, going through a divorce. That's not what I'm implying. What I'm saying is we have become so hungry and almost addicted to the gift of prophecy in a way that we got to get that itch scratched. You know, we got to get that that next high. And what we do, we forget the body. And we go out and talk to the people out in the streets. I'm not against that. Paul wasn't against that. But the gift of prophecy, as much as it is happening outside of the four walls, the gift should be operating inside the four walls. The problem is when you go to church with a bunch of people and you prophesy to them, they don't respond the same way that lost people respond. Sometimes they're like, oh, okay, cool. Good word. And you don't, you don't, you feel different about that. So we've gravitated to a lost world in prophesying and we're rejecting the body of Christ. Now, because we've done that, we now in a lot of churches don't speak in tongues because we're afraid we're going to offend the body of Christ and the visitors. If we come in and we uh, speak in tongues and the visitors are all, you know, what, what's going on? I don't know. I don't get this. Now here comes this process of now we silence the gift of tongues because we don't want to offend the lost people. 
But again, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible says the gift of tongues is for the lost people. We've made tongues just for the body of Christ and rejected the lost people. And we've made the gift of prophecy just for the lost people and rejected the body of Christ. And then when a prophet truly comes into a, release, a region and he or she releases a word that the Lord is breathing upon, we quickly reject it because it didn't make us feel good in the beginning. And this is what Paul's talking about when he says, you don't even understand the sounds that you're listening to. How can you advance or retreat or stand when you don't know what it is that you're hearing? You will reject it for one thing, believing it is another thing. And this is where we're at in this day and time. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.